I'm back with you again today to share and to talk with you from God's Word. We're, we're in First Peter chapter 4, and Peter is really encouraging the Christians who've been scattered all over the known world of that day because of their faith. They've been persecuted. They've lost their homes. Some of them have lost their families and lost their jobs. And they've gone through a lot of difficulties. And now he particularly deals with the problem of suffering in these verses, beginning at verse 12. Dear friends, he said, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. That's a, a, a very special word from, from Peter and the Lord to us today and to believers of all the ages. He's saying if you should suffer, maybe at work you don't get a promotion because you're a Christian because of what you stand for. Maybe even you might even lose your job because you're unwilling to do things that are dishonest. Then rejoice that you have suffered for Christ. And he said, as you do, God's going to take care of you and God's going to reward you. And he said, now don't think that that kind of thing is strange. That's not strange. That's not unusual. That's a part of following Christ that sometimes you will be persecuted and if you, if you take the kind of stand you ought to. Now, some people just stand out. They don't take a stand. They stand out. They, they, they obviously offend. They obviously try to disrupt as a Christian. That's not what he's talking about. He doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want us to act foolishly. He wants us to do what we do because it's something we have to do. It's the right thing. It's the godly thing. It's the Christ-like thing. And so we do it because we are obeying him and trusting him. And he said, you may go through a fiery ordeal like metal that is placed in a, an extremely hot fire so that it'll burn away all the things that aren't gold and only the gold is left. But he said, when it comes out, it's the genuine article. And when we go through suffering, Peter is saying, when we go through those kind of difficulties, it changes us. It makes us godly people if we respond the correct way. It burns away all the things that aren't of Christ. And rejoice if that's what happens to you. It's not easy to rejoice when that does happen. You see, our easiest thing to do is to complain. Lord, I'm trying to serve you, and these people are hurting me. These people are against me, or these people are doing this or that. But that's, that's not the attitude that we ought to take. We ought to take the attitude of rejoicing and that it reveals the truth about who we really are. See, sometimes in our sufferings, we find out we're not what we thought we were. We're much more shallow. We're much more selfish than we thought we were. And it brings that out, and we can change that. But also, he says, you get to literally share in the sufferings of Christ. When, when you are persecuted and go through difficulty... And, and you're participating in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. You and I, are, if, we, if we are persecuted and we trust the Lord through that, 
when when he comes back, we're going to have a, a special re- reward for that. He says there's a special reward for those who suffer, and it'll bring glory to him, and it will bring strength to us. And he says it's, it's really just a privilege. It's a, Our suffering shouldn't be because we've done wrong, because we've broken the law, because we've hurt someone, like killed someone or robbed from someone or done something like that. He said, don't suffer for evil. Don't even suffer for being a meddler, but suffer for Christ because you're obedient to him. You're not ashamed of him. You're willing to glorify him. You're willing to let him show forth his love in you. Jesus said, blessed are those who who suffer for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he says that they're the ones that are going to receive a special reward in heaven and going to be greatly blessed in heaven because they have been willing to suffer here on earth for Christ. Then he goes on to talk about uh, uh, something else here that is really important. Let me read the next verse or two. He says, however, if you suffer as a Christian, no, it is, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. So what is he trying to say to us in these verses? Well, I think I think he's saying that God... Though, though our, our salvation, if we've trusted, really trusted Christ, is secure and heaven is ours, we're going there. God's still going to deal with us, when, especially when we don't walk with him. And he's going to judge us, and his judgment always begins with his people. And before he judges an unbelieving world, he judges us because he wants us to be the instrument instruments that change the world around us by using us, and so he begins with us so that we can be right with him and so that we can be used by him and used for him. And then he brings the judgment upon, upon unbelievers because he says if the judgment that he brings is, is coming upon the believers, not a judgment for hell and heaven, but a judgment that's really to help us get right, to help us walk with God. You see, if, if every believer in our church or in any church would get right with God, there would come such a spiritual outpouring of God's power that thousands of people would come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's just what happens when people are right with God. So God is saying, I want you to see the strategic position that every believer has in our society. The Bible says we, the believers, are the ones who make the difference for, for we are the light in the midst of the darkness. We are the salt in the midst of the corruption. And if we don't function as salt and light, and if we don't function as God's people, then the unbelieving world has no hope. They're without hope. They'll never, never come into a relationship with Christ. They'll never see the truth. They'll never come to be real believers. You and I are God's strategic people. He's placed us in certain companies. He's placed us in certain schools. He's placed us in certain neighborhoods. He's placed us in certain families so we can make a difference so that we can count for him. So let's do that today. 
but say, Lord, I'm available. Use me. Make me into the person you want me to be and use me in the lives of others. I hope you'll do it. God bless you. Have a great day.